Hello, this is Dr. Ryan Hess with the University of Buffalo Neurosurgery going over our case report of the use of an earflow with continuous antibiotic irrigation to treat an intracranial abscess. In the United States, intracranial abscesses are actually quite rare with incidents estimated between 1,500 to 2,500 cases per year. The widespread use of neuroimaging has actually led to a pretty rapid diagnosis here, decreasing the, rapid, the mortality from 40 to 50% to only about 20%, though that's still quite high. Treatment options include systemic antibiotic therapy, needle aspiration through a burr hole, or open craniotomy for evacuation of the abscess. Earflow was used in this case to treat an intracranial abscess via an open craniotomy with cordisectomy, allowing the placement of the airflow for continuous irrigation and drainage of the abscess using an antibiotic solution. The patient for this case was a 63-year-old male with past medical history of hypertension, hyperlipidemia, heart failure with preserved ejection fraction, and coronary artery disease. He presented to the emergency department with acute onset right-sided weakness and speech difficulties with an NIH score of 12 on arrival. Unfortunately, due to lack of venous access, we had to opt with an MRI as opposed to our typical CT stroke study for stroke workup. This MRI, which is demonstrated on the right side of the screen, demonstrated a left ACA territory infarction. Additionally, given the patient's vital signs in labs, he met sepsis criteria, so blood culture was drawn, and he was admitted to the neuro ICU for further management. The patient's initial hospitalization was quite, quite complicated. His blood cultures that were drawn on arrival grew out Streptococcus constellatus, for which he was started on ceftriaxone and metronidazole with the help of our infectious disease colleagues. Additionally, he was known to have hyperbilirubinemia, which on workup was found to have a hepatic abscess that was drained using IR-guided pigtail catheter placement. Following treatment of his infection and recovery from his stroke, he was sent to the rehabilitation facility. Unfortunately, four days after discharge, his right-sided weakness worsened and he represented to our hospital. Repeat imaging demonstrated worsening of the flare signal in the left ACA territory, which arised concern for an underlying neoplastic process versus an infectious process. An MRI of the brain with without contrast was performed and is demonstrated on the right-hand side of the screen, which shows a large ring-enhancing lesion measuring 9.7 by 3.9 centimeters. Given the high concern for intracranial abscess, the patient was taken emergently to the operating room for evacuation. The abscess was localized using stealth navigation, and a craniotomy over the site was performed. A small cordisectomy was also performed as well with the help of stealth navigation, which revealed very thick yellow pus and an organized phlegmon. This made it difficult to evacuate the abscess with typical irrigation and suction. So an earflow was placed into the cavity and in order to promote drainage, and the incision was closed. Normal saline was used for the first two days of irrigation and then was switched to 50 milligrams of vancomycin diluted in one liter of normal saline. This was continuously irrigated through the irreflow system. Repeat MRI following treatment showed significant resolution of the abscess, and the patient experienced significant improvement in his right-sided weakness as well as aphasia. The drain was removed on post-operative day eight with the CT demonstrating on the right-hand side uh, the end result. One will note a small subdural fluid collection that eventually resolved as, throughout the patient's hospitalization. 
On this slide, you can see the typical setup of an Aeroflow system. It's actually quite easy and simple. It comes with a, an attachment for the IV bag, irrigation tubing, as well as two drainage tubes that attach to a cassette. The cassette is then attached to the Aeroflow monitoring system with a bed that can be dropped. As noted in the middle of the slide here, the Aeroflow catheter is a dual lumen catheter with irrigating and draining components. This catheter system is fairly easy to use and understand, and after a few placements at our institution, we have begun to develop our own internal protocols in order to optimize treatment for each patient. The benefits of Aeroflow's active fluid exchange are readily seen on this slide. The original abscess was quite sizable. However, following surgical drainage, we felt as if, based upon what we had seen, that optimal evacuation was not possible without the placement of the drain. We opted to use the Aeroflow such that we can continuously irrigate and remove the material, as well as use vancomycin to irrigate the area with antibiotics and promote further treatment of the abscess. As you can see on the right-hand side, the abscess has shrunk substantially in size. Multiple approaches exist for the treatment of intracranial abscesses, including burr hole aspiration, open excision, and antibiotic therapy alone. It's generally agreed upon that for large abscesses, 2.5 centimeters or larger, antibiotic therapy alone is not sufficient to treat the abscess with a 0% resolution rate being reported in the literature. For patients who are deemed candidates for surgical treatment, burr hole aspiration, open excision are options. However, the optimal approach has not yet been demonstrated. Some studies have demonstrated a lower mortality rate in patients undergoing burr hole aspiration compared to open excision. However, others report that these are essentially equivocal. Other retrospective series comparing the two approaches has demonstrated that open craniotomy, if performed in non-eloquent cortex, is associated with a decreased hospital stay, shorter duration of antibiotics, and earlier improvement in neurologic function. Given the thick purulent nature of the pus in this patient, we opted to place an airflow because we did not think that the patient would have an optimal result, given that very little was able to be evacuated with simple irrigation and suctioning. This case demonstrates that the placement of an airflow into an intracranial abscess and irrigating the abscess cavity with vancomycin-laden irrigation is safe and effective. The patient's abscess improved and the patient recovered well. Unfortunately, because this is a single case report, it's difficult to extrapolate this results and compare it to standard treatment. For that reason, more investigation into the use of Aeroflow and intracranial abscesses needs to be completed. Additionally, treatment-specific protocols need to be developed in order to optimize the current therapy with Aeroflow. That being said, one of the things that we did note at the end of this case was that the Aeroflow may make for an easy-to-place device through a burr hole, such that an intracranial abscess can be treated minimally invasively. This may address the major issues with each of the the aforementioned approaches. In regards to open craniotomy, this may reduce some of the approach-related morbidity. In terms of needle aspiration through a burr hole, recurrence rate is an issue. So perhaps continuous irrigation of antibiotic into the abscess cavity may address that. It's certainly something that needs to be investigated in the future and 